Hey, hey, welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, a podcast where three expats discuss education, culture, and life on the Korean Peninsula. I'm your host, Jack McBain, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Ryan Anderley and Kevin Mitchell. Uh, guys, how are you doing this evening? Fantastic good. night. Dude, the weather's nice. great outside. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful uh, spring weather. Actually feels more like summer. Um, I'll tell you what, I was, uh, I was on Facebook uh, swimming in that uh, cesspool this evening, and uh, I came across a, uh, a meme. And I, I don't know, is it a... Is a meme, uh, does a meme have to have a picture or uh, can a meme be just words? Is it just like? That's an interesting question. I think the internet memes like kind of involve pictures, but, but what, I, I thought, don't see why I thought it a meme wouldn't. has to be like a, it's usually like a, like a comment with some kind of picture, but in this That's case, it started. Was, maybe, I don't know. I guess this would be like a joke then or something, but it was, uh, it was a, uh, taking a little shot at Minnesotans. Uh, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. And uh, it says the CDC just announced that you don't have to say "oh" every time you almost bump into someone. So, um, do you guys do that? Like, if you're uh, this is this what hit this resonated with me because every time I go on the subway, I'm like "oh, uh, oh, oh," you know, almost uh, bumping into somebody, and I didn't realize that was a uh, a Midwestern, Minnesota you know, Minnesota thing. Yeah, that's coming down from Canada. You got to say like "a" or something, but you got the the "o," I guess. No, I'm I'm Arizona. We don't do we don't do "oops." We the minute I, the, the reason I, I brought this up was actually because I was kind of curious. Uh, th- this is uh, for for Ryan first. Um, you you don't sound like you have a you don't have like a Wisconsin accent, but I I have I have you know I have a uh, I'm from Minnesota, and our accents are very similar. Did you did you work on like getting rid of it? Nah, it, was, it wasn't wasn't active. Like, and your accent too is pretty thin. I think mm-hmm. compared to like, yeah, I've got family in, in Minneapolis. Um, no, it's it's interesting. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how uh, my voice changed because it did. It definitely yeah. it definitely changed. I have I have three sisters, and um, of course, my mom and my dad. And one of my sisters and my parents both are like really thick. Northeastern Wisconsin, my straight whole up. Family. Yeah. Yeah, not my whole family. I got I got two sisters okay. and myself. Somehow we we just evolved away. And so I wonder sometimes, like uh, myself and one of my sisters, we went uh, to the West Coast for university okay. when we were like eighteen. Yeah. So we were young. Um, well, she she went later, I guess. I went for university. She moved after university, but at any rate, we've spent uh, half of our adult lives on the in the Pacific Northwest. So maybe that's a difference. But my other yeah. sister, who also does not have a Wisconsin accent, she went to school in Milwaukee and lives in Milwaukee. That whole, yeah, whole, I have no idea. That is yeah. it's so weird. I, I think some people are kind of immune to it. I don't. You strike me as someone who probably didn't have a very strong accent. And I, I think it's like for me, I had a super thick Minnesota accent. And I, it was when I moved to the West Coast that I, I got made fun of. Uh, it was like a, like I had a speech impediment or something. And I felt so <laughs> self-conscious about it. I taught myself the, a generic American accent. I like got rid of it. And over time, 
I just, this is my normal accent now. So I, I, I do hit certain words. I can, it comes back, but, uh, but it's, but, but I really made a concerted effort. And so I was wondering if you were, you know, vain like me and just got, you know, worked like work to get rid of it. Or if it just kind of naturally, you know, was never uh, there or faded away. No, like most of my friends after I was 20 years old were from California, Oregon, and Washington and DC. And sometimes people would, would comment on the way I'd say things, but yeah, it, I never felt, it never was a big thing. And yeah, I don't yeah. feel like I, I, now, I, don't, I think it's kind of charming now. Like I, I don't, I'm not so, you yeah. know, it, you it, I'm not so it, insecure. Right? I'm 44 years I, old. I don't, I, don't I feel care. bad because I, I just have the, the normal, like, Arizona like West Coast accent I've what, never had what is the what is accent. the Arizona accent that was my my second question was like it's not you're in the south right but you yeah, don't I, I've never like, met someone from from Arizona who's like how y'all doing you know it's not I've never heard that before no that's that's more like Texas I think um Arizona is just California minus 10 years so anything that was popular in California becomes popular in in, in Arizona like five to ten years later we're we're just right, behind right. on the slang well we're basically. we're probably about 30 years behind in Minnesota then you know in just... in the university we used to say Arizona belongs to the Bermuda triangle it's like Colorado <laughs> Arizona and like California like you got the the bra culture oh right 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 that makes sense Fla Flagstaff's too much of a hippie town to have the the bra Part, but I, I can see that. I mean, Arizona, we do have ASU, and that's like that's that's bra central, like famous, so famous party, <laughs> party grounds, like number one party, every party year. Central. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that was uh, I, yeah, I was I was curious about that because uh, yeah, I've, uh, I I it, it, I guess all three of us have different uh, you know kind of different uh, uh, stories of our of our accents, but. I'm, I, I, I think as uh, time goes by and, you know, my brain starts to melt away, the uh, Minnesota accent is, is probably under there somewhere in the, uh, the foundation. So it'll just come back. And I uh, want it back, man. I want it back. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, you back. know. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, our, uh, the theme of today's uh, podcast is not uh, uh, accents. Uh, the, the theme of today's uh, uh, podcast is origin stories, right? And I think our listeners out there became superheroes. Yeah. Like, how did you how did we, uh, you know, end up, uh, you know, kind of uh, living, working in, in a foreign country? Uh, and, and I think all of us are over 10 years, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm yeah. close to 20. But uh, I, I, I started, actually, I, I hit 20. I, I started in 2001. That was my first uh, teaching gig. But, uh, but you guys are definitely well over uh, 10 years now. Mm, so, for uh, sure. I'm at, four, I'll be 14 this September will be my career anniversary when I arrive. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's, that you've, you've, you've earned your, uh, your, your badge at uh, 14. Yeah, my, my kimchi badge. Yeah, since 2001? Not, not in Korea, in Asia. Okay, where'd you start? Yeah. So, uh, well, we could, I, I could start with my, we could flip it and uh, I can go first here and then, uh, and then we can go to uh, uh, Kevin next. Uh, um, I, in 2001, I was, uh, I was in, uh, living in Los Angeles. Uh, that's, that was where my friend told me, uh, you don't know how to say the word bag. I say bag instead of bag, you know, that was the, and, and so I, I realized at that point I had a problem. And, uh, but, uh, 
I was, uh, you know, living and working in L.A. And uh, our, the, uh, I was working for a, a TV show. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the TV show Change of Heart. It was a dating game show from like 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. It was like a, a couple goes on a date with, with other people. And then they come back and they all talk about it. It's one of it was a kind of early dating, you know, one of those reality TV shows. Nice. And uh, anyway, the show was about to move to uh, to New York uh, from Los Angeles. So I was about to be out of a job. And uh, my brother had just come back from visiting Thailand. So I uh, I was like, OK, I got online and I heard I'd heard somewhere that if you have a, a degree, you could teach English in in uh, Asia. And so mm -hmm. I just found a school and I sent them an email and they were like, yeah, sure. Uh, come to Thailand on this date. You've got a job. And so I, I, I quit my job and I, I sold my car, my truck and everything. And I, I shipped a bunch of boxes back to Minnesota and I got on a plane and I uh, arrived at the uh, Don Wong airport in uh, Bangkok and uh, nobody was there. I was, it was Were there uh, supposed I, to be someone there. I was there. I had no, I didn't really even have like a number. I had no phone at this time. Like this is just, you know, this is 2001. So this is way back in the uh, pre 9 11, um, but uh, not too pre, you know, just a few months. Um, and uh, the, uh, the lady that was uh, supposed to pick me up at the airport got the times wrong. She, it was 11 a.m. and she thought it was 11 p.m. Huh. And so, I just had to wait at the airport for like 12 hours and Classic. I thought it was, I thought it was a practical joke that someone had pulled. Like, I bet we can get this guy to fly halfway around the world and just as a practical joke and there's nothing here for him. And, and, how, and yeah. Jack, how did you decide when you arrived that you weren't going to like try and figure out where your work was why did you say like you know i'm just gonna oh, sit here for 12 hours well no 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 i i what i did was i think uh <laughs> I, I i think i gave her like a i gave her like a four hour window you know i was like oh. i'll wait i'll give it a good wait you know sure. she's probably just late. running late you know it's high probably high. like uh it's a foreign country maybe they don't have uh you know uh clocks or whatever you know i don't know they <laughs> Um, and, uh, and eventually I did, I think I did have like a printout of an email with a uh, phone number and, uh, this is like a long time ago. So I'm trying to remember, but I was in the airport and I went up to the help desk and they let me use their phone and I finally got I a hold of her and she, and then they, they came and got me, but I, I did wait like a, a substantially long amount of time there. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I eventually they picked me up. And uh, I did have a job. It wasn't a practical joke. And uh, <laughs> I was teaching at this bilingual school in, uh, again, this is where you, the details matter. Uh, it was in Bangkok, but it was a, a place called uh, Bang, Bang Bon or Bang, Bang Bon, Bang Bon. I, don't, I can't even pronounce it anymore. But uh, they said it's, uh, it's 15 minutes from uh, downtown Bangkok by Apache helicopter. Not, uh, you know. Not really? by not by taxi. So it's technically Bangkok. But if we ever wanted to come into like, you know, the Sukhumvit or Siloam area, it was like an hour and a half, two hours, oh, you know, with, with traffic. So we were way out in the in the boondocks at this time. Um, but, uh, you know, I never taught English before. I don't know if you guys how you guys felt the first time 
uh, you, you know, when you first started that very first job, but I felt really, uh, I, I wasn't prepared. I just felt like I'm, I, I'm going to get fired immediately. There's no way. Were know, there other foreigners there at, at the place where you were at? Oh yeah. There, uh, oh. it ended, there ended up being like, uh, probably 20, 25 of us there. It was oh, a thanks. big, we all had our own apartments and we lived, it was like a, it was like a giant compound almost. Um, there's like a, yeah multiple buildings and stuff like that. And, and so we were all kind of, uh, we all became, you know, pretty good friends and everything, but it was, it was, it was what's that? How long, how long did you stay there? I was there for a year and two months. So 2001 until 2002. So that's, that's and, pretty quick. You, you kind of went from there and did you go from there like straight to Korea? Was that like, I did. So after teaching there for a year, the, the money obviously in Thailand is not not that good. You know, I mean, you right. live well when you're there, but it, but I had student loans and stuff like that. So got yeah. online. My buddy and I were uh, we decided, OK, we're going to go to uh, to uh, uh, Korea. And oh, it uh, actually makes money. it was like it was economics. It was like Thailand. I'm making this. And if I go here, I can like like uh, 2x my pay. Exactly. I mean, that that was the calculus for us, you know, it was like we're in, you know, when you're in Thailand, you're it's 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 probably like it's a more fun, you know, place to to be. You know what I mean? You can go to the, the beach. You can you know, it's just it's a very touristy uh, place, you know, mm. and uh, in, lots of restaurants. What's that? Especially back in 2001. Yeah, right. Back in 2000. Yeah. Like the, the uh, you know, even at that time. Uh, it was I had missed the, you know, the, like if you watch the movie The Beach or whatever, you know, mm. that whole scene was already was already gone by the time I showed up there. It was it had moved on to another cooler place somewhere right. else, you know. So when you, when you wanted to get a job in Korea, like you said, when you were leaving America, going to Thailand, it was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. You had found something online. It was a listing. You signed up, they just slapped you with a job and you were like, airplane, go, job. So when, exactly. when you went to Korea, did you, what was the, what was your entrance like? Like, what was the, what was the process? Yeah. Okay. So the, uh, the you know, the process is a little bit stricter when you're doing the, uh, when you're going from uh, going to Korea, where we had, even at that time though, in 2001, um, you just had to have like a bachelor's degree. And so I and some transcripts and I happened to have brought that with me. And uh, I think at that time I didn't even the transcripts didn't even have to be sealed. I think, you know, this is how like so long ago that you could just have like uh, I think I just sent like the I, I think we did have to send the original transcripts, though, like a like I had to mail my my actual diploma. Did you need which, the FBI check? No, th this is all before that stuff. There was no, th this all, uh, the FBI stuff all happened uh, kind of in the wake of this, a big scandal uh, that might have happened before you guys came here. I'm not sure. That must have, because when, when I came to Seoul, I, it was my first FBI check. And mm -hmm. maybe it was the beginning of this. It was uh, just after Obama was elected. I remember that, at least time, time frame wise. So I guess that was, that's 2008. Um, and I remember that the FBI check, I didn't know what that was. Right. So I applied for it. Right. And the, the institutions that had asked me for it, they gave me some contact information. I made some phone calls. I had to call Langley. I mean, 
it was the FBI. Oh, yeah. And, yeah and, <laughs> That's and hilarious. They, yeah. they asked, they wanted to know like who I was. Like, right. why are you doing this? I said, well, I, I just uh, got employment. Uh, my, my situation was a little backwards. I didn't really apply to my job. Uh, it was kind of the other way around. And so I'm like, yeah, they're telling me I need this. They're like, but who are you? I said, well, yeah. my name is Listen, Ryan. Dude. Wisconsin, like yeah i'm cool Wisconsin. What's up? yeah yeah and they're, they're like they're like yeah this is like a this is a federal check you can just do a state check it's fine states have reciprocity it's fine so i did the i did the wisconsin check and i i gave that to to the people that are asking for it and they came out like no we want the federal tech check we, we want you to go through langley like you gotta it's gotta be the real deal so i i went back to the fbi and i said hey they're they're telling me I gotta do that. They're busting my balls. I, I need this check. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, you're not, you're not the president. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, you know, <laughs> you're right. They thought it was really impressive that my point is, they thought it was impressive that I was asking for this check. It was some. Nobody seems- has ever done that in the history of the, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, that's my, that was my impression. Maybe now it's standard. I'm sure it is. Right. But yeah, it was this odd back and forth because I didn't you- realize. Two people asking me and telling me what to do it didn't make. Any yeah, sense. I, you came here at a really weird time. I think actually, if you're talking about that 2008 time, a lot of teachers were I, a lot of there was a lot of grumbling. Like, well, what, do I get the state one or do I get the federal one? And some in some immigration offices they were accepting state, and other ones were saying no. This I need the federal, and there was a lot of uh, I think there was a lot of confusion at that time. If I'm not mistaken, I, I think there's, it was. There's always confusion at the immigration <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, that the thing is, I've, I think I've been married so long that I, I haven't had to deal with it for such a long time. I forgot, you know, what mm-hmm. the, the ropes yeah, you have yeah. to jump through or so hoops you have you, to jump through. When you I came to say. Korea, when you came to Korea, what was your um, what was the job? What did you, you end up doing? So I, I came for like a uh, just run of the mill, you know, uh, standard hogwan job. You know, it was like, uh, you know, I, it, when I look back on it, it could have been way worse. Right. Like I, I, I complained about it all the time. And, you know, we're because the, the hours are it's it's pretty intensive. Right. They, they try to get as many classes out of you per day as they mm-hmm. can, because, well, I think my schedule wasn't that bad. It was probably like um, I think I did kindergarten from like maybe, you know, 930 until 12. And I probably had a one hour lunch break and then one o'clock until five or 530 or, or six or whatever. But it wasn't they weren't trying to get me to stay there till nine o'clock at night. I didn't have a split shift. Uh, it wasn't too early in the morning. Um, you know, it was a, it was a pretty decent hogwan job. You know, it was like one point nine million a month. I remember that. Well, back in back in 2002 as well. That's yeah, not bad. It was you know, the other people were getting two. They kind of lowballed yeah. me and my friend. They, you know, we we signed. I think it was because we were coming from Thailand or whatever. So we did the math. We're like, well, 1.9 million Korean won is a lot more than the 800 thousand you know won bot we yeah. were getting. You know. Yeah. And what what year was that? This is uh, 2002 when we came here. And yeah, so, and if, you at, if you look at forex, like if going from 2002, that I mean, that's not the that's not the dumbest rate. Also, if you're still feeling like you're going to go back to America, like oh, yeah. going up up to like what was it, 2007, the Korean won outpaced the dollar around that period. Like yes, it the, it, it dropped time. like below one to one. It was like a, a thousand won was like it was actually nine hundred and something or nine hundred something won was a dollar. It was insane. 
it was yeah uh, when i first got here it was it was that way i remember i was getting screwed because a little bit of money i had was in american dollars still and i was yeah, trying that, to live in korea at the time and i, I, I was getting screwed and then suddenly i started making money and having to send it the other way and then switched just yep. when i was sending same, same. and uh you know for for uh uh you, you know, it, we, I did save a lot of money. I saved money that year, but what, what we did, what, what I, I learned a, a very valuable lesson. Um, I started a recruiting business with my friend back in Thailand. We were going to, we found a guy here in Korea and we were going to find him teachers from Thailand. And <laughs> Thailand is not the place to find people with bachelor degrees who are ready, who are responsible and ready to go. And so basically I lost all the money that I had saved and I had to go back to my old bilingual school and beg for my job back. They gave it back to me. And, and then I ran into a friend of mine and she got me a job at a shipping company as an inbound uh, coordinator for a, a international shipping company. And I did that for a year. I was, in Korea? Uh, I, I, I crossed the threshold and I was but in yeah, Thailand in and not teaching. Yeah. That was in Korea. That was in Thailand. So I, I went back, back Thailand. to Thailand. And I got a job, I, I got a, like a normie job in Thailand, wow. which is, that's kind of the, that's like the uni job of Thailand, if that makes think, sense. Yeah. You know how right, like right. In Korea, you're, you're kind of going for the uni job. In Thailand, you want to not be teaching English and living there and working there. If you can, if you can swing that, you're, you've made a step, uh, you've crossed a, a threshold. And so mm. I, I did that. And there's a whole other podcast of how I ended up quitting that job. But uh, I, I crash landed back in America in 2005, 2004, and uh, broke, had no money, lived with my parents. I was working for a, uh, like a, uh, uh, what do you, like a call center, you know, just like doing surveys, just mm -hmm. annoying people when they're, you know, uh, trying to eat dinner and uh, for like 10 bucks an hour. And I got just enough money to get on an, a, a flight and get back to Korea. And, uh, and it's, and that was 2005 and, and I've never, I'd never left again. I, I so stayed when you here. Came, when you came back to Korea, that was your entrance at, to Chungang? No, that was another Hagwon. I did Dude, another this year. Following this Kev? <laughs> What's that? I was saying to Kevin, you following this guy? I, I, I think, I, I think I've got it. This is like, don't ask me to write <laughs> it down. See, it goes like this. I'll, okay. I did one year in Thailand. Then I came to Korea. I taught a year. I went back to Thailand. I taught for a little while and then got a normal job there as a, in a shipping company and then went back to America. Just that was like three years. And I just kind of crashed into America. Like the wheels had right. fallen off the bus. I was broke, just, you know, broken down. And uh, I, I lived with my parents. I got back on my feet just enough to come back to Korea. Right. And, uh, that was in 2004. Uh, 2000, wow. Yeah, 2004. I, I was in America just for six months and then came back to Korea. And so then, wait, wait, wait. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay. So you come back into Korea. What, what's yeah. impressing me is your your uh, fluidity, your ability to move around. I mean, that's not easy. Like I'm working recently um, this semester online. I'm working with a lot of people in tutoring. There's a lot of seniors that uh, they end up interviewing me in tutoring because they want to know about fluid lifestyles they're like oh right yeah life is so fascinating like they get it you know they want to know about the research i've done and my, my degree and my, my my work and my travels and you know they're all they're just like how do you say that fluid so for you you're just sliding around everywhere you're like I yeah know. i'm just gonna 
Korea and to do this. And then you just slide back into Thailand. You, you work in the shipping and then you they go back to the States and then you coast on fumes back to Korea. Yeah. So you stopped, you jumped over a point there. How did you get back into Korea? Well, the, the, the thing about Korea, I think that uh, any, anyone who's listening to this podcast who's teaching in Korea knows that you it's it's an instant life in a uh, bottle like you just you crack it open and you got an apartment you've got a job you've got money and it's it's instant it's not like I if I had stayed in America I'd have to save up for first and last month's rent I'd have to go out maybe find a roommate mm-hmm. I got to find a better job I got to get health insurance. That's a huge, you know, uh, pain in the ass. You know, everyone knows, you know, in America, uh, you know, dealing with the health insurance or every, a lot of people have, like me who didn't have health insurance. If I'd gotten sick, I, you know, you just deal with it yourself, right? You just, you know, NyQuil. That's a and, way to put it. Uh, life in a bottle. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of that's a prepackaged cool. life, you know? Yeah, and that, that's that's not the same everywhere. That's a good point to mention right now. That's not the same in all of ESL in the on the planet. Like no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Like I, one of Kevin and I's mutual buddies, uh, Dan. Uh, he was in Korea first, and then later he ended up in Taiwan. I went to visit him, and it's much more of a hustle. There's there's pros and cons. Really? Uh, yeah, there's more, there's pros and cons. There's less. You're not going to do the FBI check, like stuff like this. Right, right, right. You know, it's not transcripts and all this kind of stuff that you got to worry about. Um, those things, you know, should be important for an employer. But uh, what I'm trying to say is like, it's more like getting a job in the States. Right. And you're on your own. Whereas you're right. Like in Korea, I think yeah. for most, like I've never done a hogwan thing. Like I've never had that experience, but I've seen the contracts and I've had many friends that have done it. Yeah. Like there's somebody waiting for you at the airport. There's, you've got a place to stay. You've got all your bills covered. Everything's just kind of. They pick me up. They put me in a van, dropped me off in my apartment that was all, you know, ready for me. They had, they even bought some groceries for me because they were, you know, nice like that. Again, it was a real decent hogwan. Again, I, I, I complained about it all the time because they asked me to work, you know, it's like, you know, that uh, like, God forbid they asked the, you know, you to work. But uh, yeah, it was it was kind of an instant, uh, you know, it's just I, I had all of a sudden I had uh, the, the whole subway system at my you know disposal. I could just go wherever I wanted. I didn't need a car. Um, I had an apartment. I had some money and, uh, you know, I was ready to. Yeah, I was you know, 26 or 27 years old. So I was ready to you know go out. So I was kind of a, a Hongdae Itaewon rat. You know what I mean? Right. At that time, yeah, we all were. You came, you came to Seoul. Yeah, I was in Seoul. I was right near uh, uh, Daebang Station, right there at uh, like Noryangjin, uh, Daebang, mm. Shingil, uh, uh area was really close. So I could, you know, we could get over to Hongdae in five, 10 minutes. We could get to Itaewon 10, 15 minutes, you know, by taxi. It was really easy. How long did you stay at the Hagwon? So I stayed there for over a year um, because I, uh, I decided I'm like, I'm going to, I need a uni job. Cause I, a guy that I worked at my first Hagwon got a uni job and he just, he had the same, you know, he had a, just a bachelor's degree like me. Like I didn't have a master's degree. I didn't, I was not an academically, uh, I wasn't on an academic trajectory at that time. I, I just wanted to finish my bachelor's degree and get out, get done with school and, and, 
you live, you know? And uh, so, uh, I, but I'd heard about these uni jobs, right? They're unicorns, man. They're like, you, you work six months out of the year and you, you still get paid for the, the, you know, the three months in the summer and three months. That can't, that's gotta be, it's bull crap. It can't be real. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. It was real. And the guy's like, yeah, it's real. I got this. And what year did you get to Chunang then? So in 2006, I uh, applied for a couple of university jobs and I, I really, you know, worked on my resume like really hard. And I, I, I sent it off and uh, I forgot to look at the and this was off of Dave's ESL Cafe. So Jingang was uh, was hiring Everything. at the Ansong campus and uh, I, I didn't mean to apply for it. Oh, OK. Um, I just applied for it uh, on a whim and it said they, they wanted a master's degree. But I went in and interviewed and the girl that interviewed me was a, a Canadian girl, two Canadian girls, uh, sorry, an American girl and a Canadian girl. And they just liked my interview and they they thought I had a good like kind of open mind. And so they go, well, uh, we'll uh, we're not going to give it to you. So they didn't give it to me. But I was right in line. If somebody quit, if somebody dropped out, mm -hmm. somebody dropped. Boom. I filled in the spot. I got the job. And uh, at that point, I realized the uh, writing is on the wall. And so that master's degrees are going to become necessary. And I made some plans to get a master's degree uh, while also working at, uh, at Jungang. And so right as I got the master's degree, I, they changed the rules at our school. So Man, like, yeah. I've no, again, I've known you for so long, but, and I know parts of your backstory from knowing you for so long, but this yeah. is the first time that I've heard it in sequence. And I've always felt very similar to you. I mean, honestly, like we have the same haircut, but we also like, <laughs> like we, we God do, gave like, us that haircut. Yeah. yeah, we're like the same age. We come from the same part of the States. I feel yeah. like we have like similar, um, similar interests and things. But I, this is the first moment that I'm really realizing like your uh, road that came to this moment. I'm going to be dramatic, but it's like really different from mine. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I... I thought it was always quite similar, but it's, yeah. um, yeah. But before I jump into that, uh, do we want to flip it to someone Yeah, else? let's flip it. Let's, uh, because we, we've got uh, a whole year's worth of podcasting to do. We can, we're going to get, we're going to come back to this stuff again, but uh, yeah. For sure. There's so many small details that we can't get to. Yeah. No Kevin, problem. You, sure. We don't have yeah, to, we don't have to, you know, eat the whole uh, fish today. You know, we can, uh, it's, it's, uh, we got, we got lots of time. So uh, yeah, you Kevin, made so many know. cool, just that, that, that narrative, I think it'd be good for like uh, Keverai to jump in just because there's so many like, you know, comparisons to be made. Oh, um, absolutely. Just, like everything you said, it's like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. Like totally different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, I think I'm a weird, uh, I'm like a transition between the new, uh, the new kind of the crew that, that is now teaching at the university and the old school. And I'm somewhere, I'm a kind of mix of both of those worlds. Yeah. I think the kind yeah, like of, I, you know, wild yeah. West and the, the, you know, what it is now. Yeah. yeah. You said 2002, you landed yeah. in, in Asia. That was world cup. Yeah. In Korea. It was a great time to be here. Just, uh, amazing. But, uh, anyway, have, uh, how, how did I, I don't even know how you ended up, uh, you, you know, in, in Korea. So uh, um, what's the uh, secret? Uh, the secret uh, airplanes. They, they get here pretty quick. <laughs> uh, what's um, the secret? What happened? what happened? No. So, I mean, yeah, it is. It is interesting how it's mine was much more 
planned, but but still off the cuff at the same time. Like I, I didn't plan every part of it. But when I was in uni, I, I studied abroad for a semester. And that that threw the the love of travel in me just in general. And so when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I was like, now what? And I couldn't find a job and I did find grad school. I was like, oh, okay. I just fell into grad school basically. So I went through grad school and I was teaching as I was going through grad school. And then when I got through grad school again, I was like, I graduated. I'm like, okay, now what? I was like, oh, well, I like traveling. And this teaching thing is kind of cool as well. Oh, hey, I speak English. This is, this is kind of convenient. I've, I've heard what that people want to learn this. At the, uh, what were you teaching before that? You know, Public speaking. Teaching. One more time? Public speaking. Ah, okay, okay. Communication major, and so I was teaching public speaking, which is right. what I've done start at, at Chungang as well a few times. Um, and yeah, so I was just teaching that, and I, I started, I fell into teaching as well. It was just, it's something I never thought I would have been doing when I was younger, but I enjoyed it. I was like, I like, I, I want to travel. I, I'm out of school now. I want to travel now because traveling was cool. I can't find a job here in the States. This is weird. I'm a communication major. What the hell do I do with that? Um, so... Uh, I was like, okay, I want to travel. Oh, hey, I speak English. That's convenient. And I like teaching. That's cool as well. What can I do? So I started looking into Europe because I, I had already been in Europe. Europe's really rad. Um, and then I realized Europe jobs are really hard to get uh, because if you're not European, basically. So I looked into Asia and I looked really close into Thailand as well. But I made a similar calculation to you which is i have student loans in u.s dollars you're right and and although thailand sounds rad to sit on the beach i i can't do that i, I have to pay these loans off i need to earn proper money um so i looked at the big three korea japan china and i did a ton of research on them and i was pretty decided that i wanted to come to korea um and then i got really lucky because the summer that i graduated from grad school uh, a buddy of mine had been, uh, he needed someone to help fill a summer camp that he'd already done from the previous summer. It was a Korean hagwon that was sending kids over to Sedona, uh, Arizona, to do this summer program there, basically. And they were like, you, we just Your need buddy someone. was running this camp? He, he, no, he was just teaching it, actually. Oh, okay. Because uh, he, somebody's already making serious it. bank uh, doing <laughs> that. Oh yeah, for that, sure. No, it was. I just got dollar no. signs just popped in my eyes there <laughs> when I heard about that. I was like, if, wow. If only. Um, no, he was teaching it and, and he'd already done it one year previous. And so he, uh, they needed somebody for, for that year. And he was like, Hey, do you want to come do this with me? I was like, sure. Why not? I got nothing. Again, I've got nothing else to do this summer. I don't have a job yet. I just graduated. Um, and it was with this Korean hagwon. And I'd already been thinking really hard about Asia and about Korea. And suddenly I'm teaching at this or for this Korean hagwon, but in the States, and so while I was working for them, I started talking to the teachers. Because, of course, I sent over teachers with the kids. Started talking to the teachers that were from the Hagwon. I started emailing from the coordinator at the Hagwon back in Korea. And I was like, can I just come back with the kids and, and, and work for you? And that's basically how I got the job. It was just that. Oh, wow. Sure. Here, here you go. Job, job set. Did they make a, a position for you or they were trying to fill that position? It just like was a coincidence. No, they, there was a position that needed to be filled. That's why, because I, I didn't come back immediately with the kids. Like I wasn't on the same plane with them. I came back like two months later, basically like okay. the, the end of, or like one month. So that's, the kids went back great, and I went back to life and, and then I came over. I, I love yeah. this development, like just the career track. Like I, I advise students on this stuff all the time. They're like, how do I get more fluid in my career and stuff? I'm like, guys, volunteer, say yes to crazy shit. Just yes. go, say yes, mm. say yes. Say yes to everything, man. 
Yeah. yeah. And like right there, Kev's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go work at this camp. And then when <laughs> at the end, at the end, he's like, Hey, can I go back with you? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's funny, but think about that compared to somebody submitting a resume. They're seeing Kevin on the ground. They've already experienced mm. working with him. It's a no brainer. Like, and you and you also uh, did your own recruiting, but uh, you know you saved them about you saved them a, a good amount of money for by you know they didn't have to do any recruiting, they love yeah. it. No, no, I did actually talk up my pay because I I'd done a lot of research. Uh, I, I I was I mean I just got out of grad school, so my entire life for the past like three years was research. So all I did for like the the two months before coming to Korea was like okay, what kind of jobs are there? How much is the pay? Like I knew. All, I knew everything theoretical about Korea. I didn't know anything about actually being on the ground, but, but you know, like anything that was online on Dave's ESL, um, I knew. I mean, and there was a lot of negativity uh, at the time. I'm sure you guys saw it. So I, I knew everything. I was like 2.1. Yeah. That was the, the base pay at the time. It was like 2.1. And I was like, I've got a master's degree. You're like, I'm, I'm worth more than that. And I managed to talk them up. I think they're just 2.2 or 2.3, but I got a little bit of a raise. And they were like, we don't normally do this, but I, I managed to get so, it from them. So how long did you hang out there? Like when you when you took that position, is that a full year or it was it was one year um, almost exactly actually I got really lucky because and I kind of pissed them off a little bit at the end um, because I well, because started you left and they didn't like that well because I left but also the the semester as you know here starts September first right yeah my yeah. contract there started something like September seventh. So I had like one week of overlap that I needed to deal with. Um, and I, I was like, but I, I hadn't used my vacation time. You know, you get two weeks of vacation time the entire year and I never use it. And I was like, I'm just going to use it at the end of my contract. And they're like, that's, you can't do that. That's weird. I'm like, but I'm gonna. And so I basically just like took a, a week off early. And, and, and so my, my transition as well from, from Hagwon to university was I finished at the Hagwon. I packed up my shit into a van moved it down to uh i was in suan at the time at a different university yeah moved it down put it into my apartment and monday the next monday i was at the uni teaching classes no i didn't know you i, th I thought your first uni was uh our school so you're uh... no i did i did a year at aju down in suan and that was a really yeah. cool gig it was it was really fun but it wasn't for me at the time i think now actually it would be better i was teaching right. a program where i was working i was teaching like government uh, elementary, middle, and high school English teachers, Korean people, Korean English teachers, um, who would like take a year off, go back to uni, um, and get like an extra certificate, right? I, I remember and, this program. Yeah, this was a uh, kind of some initiative by the government. I think uh, was it like Nomuyeon, yeah, something like that, era or something like that. I think it would have been Imyeongbok. I think. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I remember I was here right when that first election was happening. I was like, I just landed in the country and there's a presidential election, which was happening the year before that. So when I was down there, that was actually a really cool job, um, except at the time it wasn't a good job for me because I was teaching these public school teachers who in all, in 100% of the cases were older than me. Not one of them was younger than me. And you guys know in Korea, age is a really big thing here, right? And so I'm the teacher trying to teach all of these people that are older than me. Now, some of them were teachers that had, that had only been teaching for one or two years. So they were only a year or two older than me, but, but some of them were my mom's age. So yeah. I was teaching a program where I was teaching them how to teach. And in many cases, they'd been alive longer or they'd been teaching longer than I'd been alive. And, and so <laughs> and that sure was just a really, very responsive, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a really tough program. I'm like, I'm a brand new teacher. I just came to Korea a year ago. Like, I don't, I barely know what I'm doing. 
so that was a really tough program. Um, and now I think I can handle it much better. But yeah, at the sure. time, it was just like, I'm new. And so at the end of that, that contract, it was just a one-year contract. They were like, yeah, we don't want to hire you back. I'm like, yeah, honestly, I don't really want to come back. So it was kind of mutual. Like, it just didn't really fit. And um, and then I got the job at, at Chungang, which was also crazy lucky as well, actually. Um, so I got you, that. I, you oh. and I applied at the same time. Yeah, we got we worked at the same time. Yeah, so Kevin and I we both we both entered Chungang in the same cycle. Oh, so you guys are the same. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I've known him since the first day at that place. We've been there ever since. We, yeah. So 12 yeah. years. What 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 was your first year? What what year was it? Is it 2009? 2009, fall of 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah, oh. in the, in the That's autumn. when I that's when I graduated. I finished grad school that year. That was. Uh, so that's when they started requiring the masters. Then. Yeah, yeah, right when you when you when they uh, redid the whole program when you guys uh, came in, it was it's kind of like a brand new uh, program. Yeah, they they were revamping everything. I think it was like Doosan took over the business. I was the only mm-hmm. uh, I survived. I was the only survivor of the, uh, right. of the old the old guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which yeah. I do want to talk to you about, but I think that would end up in a digression. We're going to bring that up for another podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's no, a, a future. But, yeah, the evolutions, how to thread the needle and. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll okay, spill the tea for sure. I will. Yeah, yeah. we'll see through that. But back to what Kev was saying. Um, you said it was you got you got lucky. So what was the you said it's lucky? What's the what was the process? Uh, needed to be a year. So where I got really lucky was because I, I so you know I mean it's the summer vacation. So I was off from my one uni and I was just trying to find jobs at other universities, and I was having no luck finding jobs at other unis. I had like one interview. I didn't get the job there. Um, and then I was talking with a buddy back home and I was like, dude, I think I'm gonna have to go back to teaching at a hog one again. I was looking at like Pagoda and, and those, those places. And he's like, it's never too late. I'm like, you're right. You know, you're right. It's not, it's not too late. Damn it. And so I went to Dave's same thing and I found the, the posting there. Yeah. And, um, I, so I applied to Chungang and the funny thing is I, how did it work? Um, like I, I applied, I got an email saying, oh, hold on. So. Yeah, so I applied. They sent me an email saying, are you good for an interview on this day, basically? And um, I, I wrote back saying, uh, no, I, I, I not. I have something available. How about this other time? And they wrote back and they were like, fine. But for some reason, that, that second email never came to me. Like it went into my spam box or something like that. And uh, so I was like, well, okay, that sucks. I don't get the job. Nothing happens. And it turns out that my interview was like the day after my birthday. My birthday's in the summer, end of July. And so on my birthday, I went out, you know, as, as you do. I was in Hongdae all night, the, the night before. And suddenly the, the next morning, I'm like barely alive on my bed at home. And my phone rings. And it's like, are you coming in for the interview? And I'm like, and I'm in Suwon. And this is in Seoul. And I'm just like, what interview? Oh, boy. Uh, Oh, oh my god um and i was like I, no i can't i i honestly i didn't get your email i i, I wasn't lying i wasn't bullshitting i honestly didn't get their email like i didn't know that my interview was then um and i was like can i i'm, I'm so sorry oh my god this is the only job uh can i come in tomorrow and they were they they said yes some magic that's day. amazing like, that's, that's the a, part because that's, that's the crazy nuts. part that's it's, nuts i know i missed the interview I know in the the admin at at CAU, you know that in our hiring cycle, there was over 80 applicants that were were interviewed. It was massive. Wow. And you got a crazy, man. 
yeah. I, I gotta pass. Like, and I, they, you made, they you made a great impression in. then, you know? Yeah, so then I, yeah. I went in the next, and that day then they were like, okay, your interview's tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I spent that entire day panicking because I had to like write a lesson to like, you know, preview and demonstrate. I didn't know what I was doing for the interview. And then I went in the next day and yeah, apparently nailed the interview because this, here I am. But that, so it really was kind of meant to be if, if there is such a thing. I'd say, uh, so. I'd say so. Or yeah, I got, I got crazy lucky on that. I, I still remember that panic that morning with me up. Yeah. But I mean, it very well could be also that it's not just dumb luck. I mean, I know I still think there's value to being kind of the, aggressive go-getter i mean even at the age of 42 i still believe in this like oh man like kevin's background like think about what your previous employer might have told chunang when they made the phone call you know for your reference it's like yeah this guy's nuts like (laughs) you know he he signed up for this gig back here he jumps on a freaking plane he's crazy like dedicated he's excited he's stoked that's i think it's uh i didn't know that about you man i didn't know yeah it was it was a, a a random so I, I just I jumped around for a couple of years, but I got out of the hogline system pretty quick and into into unis, and then did the same thing you guys have done. Just held on to what we have for the past decade plus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, especially when you know the alternative, you you know. Yeah, it's, uh, going, you know, I can't imagine holiday. going back to to hogwans yeah. at all. I did that temporarily last summer just for a part-time job. I was working at a hog one again, and I was like, oh, my God. It, it made me appreciate what we have so much more. So much. Well, one of the themes of our later podcast is going to be a, a kind of, a, you know, what's the difference between teaching at a hog one and teaching at uni? And mm. uh, we can go, we can do a deep dive oh, yeah. into that. I think uh, there's a, a lot of material there because there yeah, are differences. I might turn to the MC for that because I've, I've never done the hog one thing. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. But you but were I, in public schools. Didn't you? You can like, ask us. Yeah. I didn't really work. So, well, actually, that could be my segue. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump. Like, how did you come to Korea, right? How did I come to Korea? Um, <laughs> bit by a radioactive spider and uh, and then <laughs> radioactive uh, kimchi. <laughs> yeah. So um, throughout my undergraduate and graduate school, I was. Uh, no, nah, not undergraduate. But by the time I got to graduate school, I was really dedicated as a student and just really focused. Um, I was on a career track that was really clear, black and white, and it was going really well. Um, and I was working as a, uh, I wasn't working yet, but I was doing my practicum as an educational psychologist. Mm-hmm. So for this, they're shuttling me. I mean, I'm just going all over Chicago to not just school, but private academies, um, institutions for the gifted and talented or developmentally disabled and all these, you know, these types of things. And I'm seeing all these different um, education systems. And one of the big questions was, the biggest question was uh, leveling um, the, the opportunities for people. I mean, that's, you got to understand it's a public system, uh, mostly is, is what I was going towards after graduation. So I was looking to work in Chicago public schools, uh, in high schools. And what I found among uh, specifically the public high schools was that there was a difference in outcomes for different students that were immigrants, depending on which country they were coming from. And some of that can be chalked up to that country has a 
impoverished education system in general or that community that comes from. You can look at that data and that kind of kind of makes sense. You can find that pattern. There. But I noticed there was something else going on. And so started to ask the question of do people learn differently based on their linguistic background? So you've heard of this before. Um, Chomsky talks about this and right. um, learning Korean language. We're very familiar with this basically with numbers, right? I mean, counting in your head in Korean makes a lot more sense than counting in English mm-hmm. um, in base 10. So I kind of thought about that. Now, before I make anything big brain here, I discovered nothing. <laughs> this, was, this was not, yeah, you didn't nothing know. amazing. The story is not going anywhere, guys. This is not impressive. So yeah. <laughs> everybody can settle down. So what I wanted to see was generally just how do other nations or how do other education systems work? And in, in Chicago, I had the opportunity to look at some private schools, but they're just sort of um, derivatives of this public system. They, they are. Yeah. And so to get out of that, I had to go abroad. I talked to my advisors and I said I wanted to go to Mexico because it's close and I've never really been abroad so this was like it's like a half step instead of the full step (laughs) yeah like asia asia is a full step like it's a that's a that's straight out of it it wasn't even in my mind it wasn't even in my mind i was like no i I didn't even think of it i didn't think of any part of the world i was just like well you know south america it's right there (laughs) down there you know can learn the espanol yeah yeah right i mean yeah and and as well actually because if i could um improve spanish then that's a big deal for work when i come back oh yeah Anyway, the point was I was looking for that and I asked and later they came back and they said, well, we know someone who had just recently finished a research project in Kaohsiung, Taiwan, and we can put you over there. And I was like, whoa, what? Taiwan? I don't know if I can point to that on the map. I don't know what, what, what? So I told my family, I told my friends, a lot of people, you know, what? This is crazy. You know, you can't do this, whatever. Coincidentally, my best friend from undergraduate had uh, just kind of jettisoned life and gone to Busan, actually Gimhe, outside of Busan, and oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And this was in the early days of MySpace. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. I had a MySpace right. account. If you, yeah. time, if you picture the timeline, it's like undergraduate, and then I did the, um, I did AmeriCorps for a couple years. Oh, my friend, my close friend did that, yeah. Yeah, it was really great. Um, so I was a volunteer nurse for people with disabilities for two years. And then um, after that, I did graduate school. So during this period from graduation of undergraduate through the AmeriCorps program and then through graduate school, me and I lost contact with my buddy. It just We were just living different lives. Um, and I don't know if I should say this much in, in podcasts, but he got divorced. It was this big dramatic thing. Okay. And we so, don't have to say his name, so I kind of felt like, yeah, right. So I felt, I don't think he was caring, but um, when I thought about Asia, I thought about him because I had heard through MySpace that he was over in uh, Korea. And so I, I just contacted him. And this is like the dumbest thing now that I've been in, in Seoul for, you know, half of my adult life. But in my mind, it was like, I wanted to ask him, how's Asia? <laughs> I had no context. So I was like, hey, uh, how's Asia? Like, oh, it's uh, great. Is that a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's the weather? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to know, it was on MySpace, right? That's how we all, we connected. And 
he wanted to know, of course, what I was doing. I said, well, I've got this opportunity to do this, this research. I don't know if I'm going to do it. It seems like a big opportunity. And he put me in contact with all these people that he met in Korea on MySpace. So you can imagine this. This is like the first real big social networking. It's not uncomfortable, like an email, like, hey, email this person, ask them some questions. I'm opening up their page. I see their photos. They're at the parties. They're at the beach. They're, they're traveling. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And they just plug me into it. So I joined those communities and I had all these people like cheerleading for me. They were like, come to Korea, come to Korea. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, guys, I don't have a project there. I'm going to Taiwan. That's not a thing. And eventually, I don't know why, but no, because I just wanted to have fun. I, I talked to my advisors and I said, look, can I go to Korea? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, of course not. Um, that's not a thing. Yeah. And I said, well, can, can I take, um, I don't know what you call it, suspension, sabbatical? It's not sabbatical. I was still a grad student. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had finished my master's. I was in a, in a program that's uh, um, an EDS, so it's like an abbreviated PhD. Okay. But I had my master's at this point. And so what they said was, look, you can have 12 months and you can maintain your position. Now, my, pos my position was a really hot ticket. I was working with the president of the school psychologist of the United States of America. It was a big position. I was doing quite well in that world. So it was a risk, but I had 12 months freedom and I didn't really believe in the, the, the nature of the research project. I didn't have something penned out. And I thought, well, I can do research in Busan. I'll just go and find people. And I already know all these teachers. And I'm, in my mind, I don't realize they're Hogwan teachers. I think they're like, academics you know they're too sure yeah so i get on a flight with no job and i went to my buddy's house um at this point he had moved into into Lee in busan and i crashed on his couch for about a month and a half and that's when i understood things were different yeah yeah this is not the place i thought it was right uh and i was able to um, I made contact with the Board of Education in Busan. They gave me uh, a chance to view um, one of their pilot programs uh, for immerse, immersive language, and they let me teach it. So I got employed at that point. And that was when I went through all the visa stuff and the FBI check and took a little boat ride to Pococa. What, what year is this? Like, what, what, what's the timeline? Uh, 2007. Okay. Because, like, if you wanted to do research for uh, education, you'd probably be better off, you know, uh, studying the Korean teachers and the, the public school system would be more oh, of a one-to-one, -one, right? Don't get, is it? don't get the impression I was organized. This, this okay. was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just... Uh, straight up, um, yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was me trying to convince myself I was still being a responsible adult, not throwing away my life. Uh, so this is kind of a fiction. You're, a good you're act. Kind of, it's yeah. a good act so far. I yeah, guess. I mean, I, I, I bluffed myself. Like, yeah. I, I had, you know, because my buddy, he was going through kind of a, a midlife crisis, and he's having the time of his life. <laughs> I'm going through a lot of stress, natural, normal stress. Yeah. I see this guy able to jettison all that stress. I think that's <laughs> where that's where I bought that plane ticket. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I did, um, I think I collected like nine months of paychecks through, uh, the Busan board of education. 
they weren't much, but it was pretty cool because one of my friends hooked me up with a private lesson that paid for all my life style everything. So when I left, I had all my paychecks. I didn't spend oh, a wow. penny. Yeah. So when I left, um, so when I finished that period, I was intent intending to go back to Chicago because my time was up. And I had a friend, a horrible influence on me. And but he was, I admired him. He spoke five languages. He was just an impressive human. And you know, he's the he's the poet, you know? And yeah, yeah. He's like, why are you going back to Chicago? He's like, you got a pocket full of money. Life is open. The, the world's your oyster. Go blast off, man. Get a ticket to Bangkok. He convinced me of it. And it took me a long time before I realized it wasn't a terrible idea. So I, I, I did so the you, backpack. You, you've had regret. You, you've, 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 you've kind of come to see that moment as like uh, uh, not, not, the, uh, not, not the positive you know, kind of opening up, but is, is something you, you kind of close something off at that point? Like you, you it was a very brief thing. It was like, yeah. I felt like what I'm trying to say is I felt manic until I landed in Bangkok and then I was good to go. Oh, then okay. Okay. Everything started to make sense. I was like, Ryan, you take life way too seriously. Yeah. Like, you're going to die someday and it's okay. <laughs> I never traveled. I never really had that space. Yeah. I didn't have the latitude and have the money and have the time. I never did that stuff. Like Kev, you got to, go abroad. I didn't have even the, like you say, like the, um, my academic achievement wasn't good enough to get me out of the country to do things like that. You know, I just didn't have. Well, studying abroad as an undergrad doesn't require academic achievements. Well, I didn't have the ambition that you had. Then. I didn't, I didn't go for it. So but I think I, like teaching, teaching English, like teaching overseas is like, it's, it's, you, you can indulge that like inner hippie, uh, but you're not totally being irresponsible. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah, like the compromise position. You know what I mean? Like it's still a weird life. Like it's, it's what we're doing is 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 kind of is is out of the ordinary. We could say that. Yeah, but I like I like the way you said that. Like that, I think that's the people who see that live this lifestyle the best. People that take the I'm a I'm a professional academic too seriously. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to be miserable. And then people that also just f off, they're gonna be miserable. They don't take it seriously enough. You thread that, you thread that needle. You, you, you find that balance where you can actually progress uh, professionally, personally, but then you also have like all this space to experiment. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why we're doing, you know, that's why we're doing a podcast. That's why we're, you know, you can indulge these other, uh, you know, projects that you're interested in. That's why you've got two guitars behind you, you know, yeah. you've got time to, to, uh, you know, practice and yeah. It's a, it, it is a, it's a lifestyle choice, you know, kind of, kind of career, like what we're doing. But uh, anyway, sorry, I, I got, I sidetracked you from. Uh, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hyper. I'm, I'm about to leave on a bike trip tomorrow. So I'm, we're, me and a buddy are biking down to Yeju. So I'm kind of amped up at the moment, but I don't know. I'll, I'll make it, I'll sum it up. I'm kind of going long here. Um, so where was I? Uh, yeah. So I'm backpacking through Asia. So I did that for about a year. And when I finished, my intention was to come back and kind of on a mm, Hail Mary, not a Hail Mary, what's the right expression? Like a dice throw. People were yeah. saying like, hey man, you've got this degree that's very good. You already have been to Korea. You've got the paperwork. You've got, you know, 
you understand the system here. Why don't you know, all my friends were like, why don't, why don't you work in a university? It's amazing. I knew some guys that worked at universities in Tucson. Oh, the pay was shit. I mean, they, those guys were getting, they were making really bad pay in Tucson, but the hours were ridiculous. They were working 12 yeah. hours a week. And like you said, six months a year. And I had some other things I'd like to research and some things I'd like to do. So I thought, well, maybe I can create it with my downtime. Maybe it's something to consider. Whatever. I just fired off a ton of resumes, see what happens. Uh, got back to America. I stayed in New York uh, at that point. I was in, um, yeah, I was in the Bronx and with a friend. And I stayed there for about four months, really not doing anything. Um, just kind of idling, to be quite honest. Yeah, not sure. But during that time, I let my rotation lapse to get back into my program at Loyola. Not a big deal. I have to reapply, but it was, it's symbolic. It was sort mm -hmm. of like the window closing. And I got offers from many universities. Uh, so I called my friend again at this point, he had moved up to, um, he had moved up to Seoul and I said, Hey, guess what? I'm thinking I'm coming back. Uh, you know, and again, you know, all these cheerleaders. Yeah, I come back. Always sure. friends. So I came back and um, I did a couple interviews, but CAU was interesting. I looked through my emails. I did not apply to CAU. What? That's no, I did not apply to CAU. How do you so, think they got a hold of your resume then? Just uh, I'm not sure. I fired off a lot of resumes and yeah. I knew a lot of people when I was in Tucson. Um, but that's public school system. I don't know what kind of overlap there was. Hmm. But I was asked to meet with them. They never called it an interview. And so I didn't expect it to be an interview. Um, it was for a working position. Uh, so I knew that much. And that's what I was looking for. And uh, I remember I was, I was mostly concerned about compensation, about money. Oh, sure. Right? I, didn't, yeah. but I, I didn't know what else to compare. I wanted to be in Busan because I was familiar with it. It had the beaches. It was nice. It's beautiful. But yeah. most of my friends that I had known there had migrated to Seoul. So it was, it really didn't matter so much. What really mattered to me, I didn't know anything about the quality of the work because I've never done that right. type of work. I didn't know what it would be like to teach like that. Sure. Yeah, so it yeah. was just money. And uh, I called them on the phone and I just straight up asked, I said, look, you you didn't offer me. I need to know black and white. What's the pay? What are the hours? And it was, I remember feeling a little bold doing that. It seemed a little yeah. inappropriate. They like that though. I think they respect it. You know, they I think out to me. Yeah. The pay package was better than anything else I was getting that was offered. Um, sure. PNU, the other was my runner up. That's where I would have ended up. So, um, yeah, when I went, I thought I was just going to sign paperwork and they were like, we'd like to see a demonstration of class. And I'm like, a what <laughs> did you wing it you just did put something together what can i do like, yeah. like kevin you remember this like it's like all these dudes sitting there <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah it'd be, like, and... be like a little chair you know they're up here you know you're just like oh, crap. <laughs> you know but at the time i don't feel a ton of pressure because like i said i, I already had kind of made up my mind i was going to go to pnu and i had the job already there and that was an interview that was an actual interview where i already sweated and competed yeah. so um, yeah, I didn't give a demonstration because I didn't have one. I said, how about if uh, I just sit here and I walk you through an idea? That's how I started the conversation. <laughs> can, you, can you give us a, a demonstration of a class 
No, I, I'd rather not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go meta. I'm going to give you a demonstration of an idea that I had about a class. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. There you go. So, yeah. And um, they got back to me. And uh, obviously, I got the position. And yeah, obviously, it's been something that's been fruitful. I mean, you guys know. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we could have called this the, uh, you know, the not black pilled uh, uh, podcast, you know what I mean? Because uh, it's three, three expats, but we, we found a way to, like you said, thread the needle or mm. find that balance, you know, in our, in our lives and be content, uh, you know, in Korea. So I, I want, we're kind of coming at it. Uh, I think this podcast for is for, it's not going to be a, uh, you know, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's just complain about uh, all the things that are different, you know, uh, or the things that annoy us or whatever. It's, it's, uh, we're going to transcend That's too easy that. to find anyway. The, the people complaining, it was on Dave's ESL back when I came here. Now it's, right. now it's on our Korea on Reddit. Um, right. Like there's, there's, there's positivity as well, but there's a lot of, sure. a lot of negative. Yeah. Online. Like yeah. I've talked to Kev a lot about this, even with, um, like we've known each other for so long and like, Jack, you've been at the other campus, so sure. I don't right. see you at often. Plus, like Kevin and I used to live in the same neighborhood for years. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that Kevin and I always kind of gravitate towards each other is because of positivity. It's it's a weird thing to admit after what? How long have we been at Chumon? Is it eleven years? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, this, this oh, year. Yeah, it's one of the things that I love about Kevin. I'll always have since day one. Um, Trey, <laughs> Trey was the other guy. He, he only lasted for a semester. He went, he went off yeah. back he went to Hong Kong, I think. But he had that same attitude. There's people here that were, you know, they're excited because hey, I'm getting some easy money doing something. There's other people that are like, I want to party. It's fun. That's fine. And I have some of that that attitude as well. Some of that stoke. And so does Kevin. But the more general stoke is just, it's for the the whole package the the life korea is amazing and i hope yeah. we can talk a lot more about that in this podcast not just the work but uh koreans and korean culture this place is yes. rad like yes I'm happy to be living in seoul versus chicago chicago's cool seoul's better <laughs> yeah i mean it's a it's a huge city like you know it's like a new york city you know i mean there's there you could we could do a whole podcast of just diving into uh you know, just living in Seoul or, or in Gyeonggi. I'm, I'm in Gyeonggi. I'm, I'm in the suburbs, but uh, you know, it's the same. It, it's, it's huge. And there's and, and that's so deep. What, you know? what I was saying um, a, a while back and so many people asked me why I came to Korea. And that's what we talked about today. Right. And, and that's a cool story. I like telling, I, I mean, I could, there's a lot that we didn't talk about in all of our, our, why we came to Korea stories. But really what's more interesting, and, and that's why we kept it short for this and what we're going to go into for the next forever is why we stayed in Korea. That's the yeah. interesting part. And that's what people really want to know when they ask you, like, why are you why are you teaching in Korea? It's not why did you come here or how did you come here? Like, that's a cool story, but that's not what they want to know. They want to know what made it interesting. Why did you choose to, to not run away? I mean, I remember stories of people when I first came to Korea, I told my friends, like, I'm going to go to Korea and teach. And one of my buddies was like, oh, I know a friend who was there for a month and she ran away and came back from the States. You know, why did yeah, we not yeah. do that? No, we've all, we all known runners, right? Like oh, people sure. just, you know, midnight bags. Midnight runner. <laughs> yeah, midnight runner, man. I've, 
I've seen many of them, uh, you know, you could spot it uh, months, months ahead of time, you know, mm. it's like that, that person's not going to last or, you know, it's, it's uh, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's an, it's an attitude. It's a, uh, you have to, uh, you have to kind of change yourself a little bit. I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta at oh, least, sure. you at least have to meet the, the, uh, the place uh, halfway, you know? Um, and uh, sure. those that are, are can't compromise, um, you know, are gonna, are always going to be, uh, in conflict with their, you know, their living situation, their lives, you know, it's just always going to be, you know, bumping into things they don't like. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but I think absolutely we, we, we have to, I think why we stay is, uh, would be a great, uh, uh, theme for, for, uh, uh, an upcoming podcast for sure. So. I mean, I think we yeah. could roll right into that. I, I think Kevin just hit it on the head. It's, those things are so different in so many ways. Like, why did you come here? Well, there's so many reasons that people come here. You can come here just to blow up your life if you want to. You can come here because <laughs> right. you're on a gap year. You can come here because whatever. But the, I think a more interesting question for most people um, is to explore why people like us, uh, why we've stayed so long and um, how to live well, like how to, how right. to find it a good existence, um, something that we must assume we all must think is better than going back because that's why mm -hmm. we're still here. And, and in a funny way, you kind of, you, you'll ultimately come full circle and realize that, you know, my life here is pretty pedestrian, you know, like it's, it's not that much different than, you know, the things that I value are very much the things that I would probably value if I uh, were married and uh, had a daughter and lived in America, in Minnesota or whatever. It's, it's, it's funny how you, but you have to, you can't, it's not that easy. You can't make that, you have to kind of uh, go through that and, uh, and to, to come to that moment where you're, you're kind of like, oh, it is basically the same thing, but you know, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm doing it over here instead of in this other, you know, space or whatever. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, I would say episode one is in the can. I think we got it. Uh, I learned uh, some stuff about you guys that I didn't know. And yeah, uh, sure. yeah I think uh, I, so I, still, much more I, I my ask, story is kind of dirtbag story, though. It's a little, it's a little uh, my mind's a little uglier than, than yours. <laughs> no way, but, man. Uh, that, was, that was impressive. That was that was classic. That's like Jack out of the bag what it's just like a it's like a dude just scrambling to hold on you know at, the, at every huh. every turn you know just uh uh how can i extend this uh, a little bit longer but uh, oh, yours, is like, yours is like a movie like you have <laughs> like i want rights to that <laughs> uh, <laughs> well uh well, well the screenplay will come later yeah after uh our uh, our cast blows up here a little bit but uh anyway uh guys it was uh it was awesome uh chatting with you and uh I think we'll uh, we'll we'll close her down, and uh, we'll see uh, everyone. Or we'll uh, some of you will see us uh, on Facebook or on, on YouTube. Sorry. So uh, if you uh, check out the channel, please hit subscribe and uh, like the videos, and uh, you can listen to us on other uh, major platforms uh, if you're just listening to the podcast. And uh, we're we'll be back uh, next week for another uh, interesting conversation. So. Close it up there. Thanks, guys. Hey, Bobby. Let the faith go.
Call me a diamond on 